Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. Anyone ever realize that life's not fair? Yeah. Uh, if you haven't learned this lesson yet, let me just give you uh, maybe some proof that you can understand that life's not fair. Ever been in first place on the last lap of Mario Kart? Life's not fair. It's not fair. Blue shells are not fair. Have you guys ever had that family member that puts the empty box of cereal back on the shelf? Okay. AKA me. <laughs> Life's not fair. Um, ever been a Bears fan? Sorry. Sorry. I had to. I had to. Not a great track record. Uh. <laughs> well, as we get into this last week of our Fearless in Babylon series, we probably get to, uh, I would say, the most bogus story in Daniel. Do you guys still say bogus, or is that like, it's gone? We don't say, okay, maybe a little bit. All right. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Daniel chapter 6, guys. Daniel chapter 6. And as you're flipping to Daniel 6, let me recap this series for you, okay? So we, we started out, and we've been talking about what does it look like to live fearlessly in our present-day Babylon, We've been learning about the story of Babylon here in the Bible, and and it has a lot of similarities to where we are today as high school students in our world today, in our culture today. And the first week we talked about resolve, right? That these these boys, they, they, they land in Babylon and they have resolve not to do the things that God commanded them to do, not to do. Okay, for example, I talked about how we have our non-negotiables. These are the places we won't go because we have trust and faith in God. We have resolve, right? And that's how you live fearlessly in Babylon is you set non-negotiables and you have resolve to not do the things of the world. The next week we talked about prayer. That when things are scary, when things are dark, when you are living in the midst of the trials of Babylon, the best thing that you can do, the thing that can, you can go to all the time is to pray. To pray hard for God to do a work. And then the third week, we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And we talked about to live fearlessly in Babylon means you're going to have to trust. That it doesn't mean that fiery furnace moments won't come, that you won't be in your own situations like that. But you can trust that the God who can save you is with you. To trust is to live fearlessly in Babylon. And then last week, we talked about patience. That sometimes in a tough world, in a harsh culture, in, in, in our trials, we have to patiently endure. We patiently endure because we know that it's going to end, it's going to be good, and it's a part of God's plan. And so those things lead to this last week where we're going to talk about how to live fearlessly in Babylon means that we have to have courage. We have to have courage. You see, life for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up until this point has really been quite unfair. It's been really unfairly difficult up until this point. These guys consistently work their way up to these high positions, gain favor with the kings of Babylon, with the leaders of the world, all to be just driven down low again, all to be set up again where their life is on the line, all because they are refusing, we're not going to bow down, we're not going to succumb to the idolatrous ways of this culture, we're going to follow our God. And for some reason, the kings find favor with them, but as soon as they say, we're not going to live like the rest of the world, 
Now they're face to face with death. It's so unfair. And it's no different for Daniel today. Today we're going to get to the most famous story in the book of Daniel. And before we get to the part that a lot of you guys grew up learning in kids' church, all right, the story of Daniel in the lion's den, you'll notice the circumstances of this came from Daniel doing absolutely nothing wrong. And I want to tell you guys a little secret. A world that refuses to follow or to submit to the only one that is completely fair means that you're going to consistently see unfair circumstances. The fact that we live in a world that does not submit to a God that is completely just and completely fair means that we're over and over and over again going to face unfair circumstances. Life's not going to be fair because we're not submitting to God. And for Daniel, in this unfair circumstance, instead of giving up on his God, instead of giving in to the culture, he chooses to have the courage to lean in more to the God that is worthy of his life. And that's where we get to today, Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers, and because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Here's the trajectory again. Here comes Daniel again, getting a high honor. Let's see what happens. Then the other administrators and high officials began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize him or condemn him. He was faithful, he was always responsible, and he was completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem, and he prayed three times a day, just as he has always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Hey, did you not sign a law that said for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, well, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, he's ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. And he spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of his predicament. In the evening, the, young, the, the men went together to the king and said, Your majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. 
Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Let me pray. God, would you move in this place this morning? God, would we be a ministry? Would we be followers of you that have courage in the midst of trial, in the midst of fear, in the midst of our deepest struggles? God, may we have courage, courage to live for you, to follow you, and to live out what your plan is, God. And so I pray you would move in the hearts of these students today, God, that you would change us, that we would look different today than we did when we walked in this morning. And I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Completely unfair. Completely unfair how Daniel's being treated in this story. It literally says in this passage that that Daniel had no fault in him. There was no fault in Daniel. They tried to find accusations, tried to find ways that Daniel was cheating the system, was being a bad leader, but they couldn't find anything. And, And really, this is a prime example of why a common question in our faith is, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does something so terrible happen to Daniel when he's done nothing wrong? And I would tell you it's because this king signed a really bad law. He was too caught up in his pride and his selfishness to understand what he was really doing. But it's helpful to understand what point Daniel is in with his life right now. Daniel's an old man. He's probably around 90 years old at this point, which maybe changes a little bit of what you were thinking before, that we see those pictures of Daniel in the lion's den and we see this young, strapping guy, right? No, this is an old, wrinkly old man now. And and Daniel's been through it his whole life. He's had all of these times of great accomplishments and success, but then he gets hit with all of these times of real trial and distress and darkness. And there's a sobering lesson that you can find in here with a guy like Daniel that we as high school students maybe need to be preparing for, that we need to understand. Daniel facing this challenge at such an old age shows that there never really is a time where you can just sit back and relax and expect your faith not to be tested. There are always moments for the rest of your life as you follow Jesus and as we live in Babylon, guys, you're going to face trials of your faith. You're going to face moments where you have to choose. It doesn't change when you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. You're going to face these things because we live in a world that is against the gospel. We live in a world that is in opposition to the gospel, which means trials are never really going to go away. And if that's discouraging for you, I'm sorry, but there is something we can learn from this with Daniel, okay? Daniel facing this challenge at 90 years old shows me as well that trials never really go away this side of heaven. However... The hope that I see in this passage is that we grow in our ability to have really strong faith and to persevere in the trials. Okay, If you're having a hard time right now, you're living in your Babylon, you're going to school, you're in your home, and you're facing trials, and you're having a hard time persevering right now, I just want to tell you, that's okay. That's okay that it's hard right now. That's okay that you're, it's taking a long time to persevere. The truth is, it's a journey of growth and commitment to following Jesus. And it's going to be hard. The second thing is that I want to tell you guys, there's going to be ups and downs. That doesn't mean your faith is failing. 
I think sometimes we associate, man, if I'm going through a really hard stretch in my life right now, then something must not be going right in my relationship with God. There's going to be ups and downs no matter what. It doesn't mean your faith is failing. In fact, it probably means that your faith is becoming more refined, that you're growing a lot. I love what Brooke said today during her meditation, that she got up here and said that there was a season where she really struggled, but she found that God was just strengthening the faith. Right? And, and that's what's happening with Daniel in this story, that constantly he's facing these struggles, these ups and downs, and it's not because Daniel wasn't a great follower of God. It's because he lived in a broken world with evil kings. But these were moments to pursue and to cling and to stay strong with his relationship to God. I think this does change how we need to think about our everyday life of following Jesus. Choosing faith in God over the worldly pleasures, over the temptations, over the wasting time. It's a daily decision, guys. It is a daily choice. It's not a one-time thing that you get baptized, you say, I'm committing to Jesus, and now you let all the rest just play itself out. You say, hopefully that decision just lasts. It's not that. It's an everyday thing. It's choosing to submit to the Lord, to have the courage every day to say no to sin, to serve him and not your selfish desires. And that happens every day. Every morning you wake up has to be a choice. It's not one choice and done. It's a lifetime. It's an everyday choice to follow Jesus. There's a reason back in the book of Joshua, okay, where Joshua, after his army has conquered Jericho, you know the walls of Jericho that came crumbling down, right? That story. Well, after they've conquered the city of Jericho and after they've landed there in this place, Joshua turns to his people and he's like, that's great. We overcame Jericho. God was with us as we tore down the walls. But that doesn't mean you can just refuse to serve him now. And there we get this famous line in the book of Joshua in Joshua 24:15, where Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. That's great. You chose God a week ago when the walls came down. It's been a week, though. You need to choose this day. Are you going to serve him? Or are you going to go back to whatever else you were doing? I hope, though, you hear the grace in that message, too. You know, yeah, yesterday, it wasn't, uh, this could be you. Uh, yesterday, you know, it wasn't a good day for me. You know, you, you, you slipped up and you watched porn. Or, or yesterday you gossiped about that friend. Or yesterday you, you said a lie. Or yesterday you cheated on that thing. Whatever it might be. Okay, that may have happened yesterday. But today, there's grace and there's forgiveness waiting for you. Today, choose who you're going to serve. Maybe yesterday you didn't choose Jesus first. That's okay. Choose today. There is grace and forgiveness and a new day. There's a reason why the Bible says there are new mercies for us every day waiting to choose this day who we will serve. Guys, Daniel's faith was an everyday thing. We see that in this story. When, when Daniel learns about this decree, this threat of a lion's den, what does he do? He goes home, he gets on his knees, and he prays with the windows open towards Jerusalem, and he prays three times a day, and the key phrase in there is just as he had always done. Just as he had always done. This wasn't a, all of a sudden a trial happens on Daniel. Okay, now I'm going to pray. Now I'm really going to ask God for help. No, this was something he did every day. It was nothing new for Daniel. Daniel hears about this threat of alliance. Then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go do what I did yesterday and keep praying. 
And, and man, I just, I believe so much in my heart and what the Lord wants for you is that kind of faith. An everyday faith that leads late into life to say, this is what I've always done. I've always had a faith in God. Do you have a faith? Do you have a life that the only way people could accuse you is because of your faith? That there's no fault in you besides something you do every day, which is follow the Lord and be a witness. Guys, I don't know about you, but I want that kind of faith. I want the kind of faith where those that don't know Jesus look at me and see no fault. They see, man, Zach's a really good guy. All I see is a deep commitment to Jesus. Do you know what kind of testimony that is? For non-Jesus followers, guys, to look at your life and say, man, that's a really great person. And they follow Jesus. Right? As Christian students living in a present-day Babylon, I, I want to charge you with something. And it's going to sound really simple, but I think it's profound in our witness. To have courage in Babylon is to be great people. You guys should be great people. All right? You should be the ones that teachers find respectful. You should be the ones that friends find loyal. You should be the ones that non-Christians find loving and kind. You should be great people. And some of you in here today are completely different in this room than at school. And that's not okay. That is destroying your witness. We as Christian high school students should be known as great people. Kind people. Loving people. Respectful people. Guys, quit being disrespectful to your teachers. People are looking. To be great people. To be like Daniel where someone looks at us and says, I, I find no fault. They're great people. But here is the real courage piece. I think that, for starters, has a lot of courage. Because you're going to get made fun of. You're going to be the goody two-shoes student that always does the right thing. That's fine. But here's the real courage piece. I believe God is calling us high school students to be known for our faith and our witness first. That the first thing people see in us is that we believe in Jesus. That's courage. And that's a whole new level because as this story shows, a commitment to Christ means an opposition to the idolatry of the world. And that opposition means facing your own lion's den. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be known for your witness and your faith, you're going to face lion's dens. They're going to come. There has to be an expectation that living in a world like Babylon means facing trials like Babylon. Now, it's not quite like being thrown into a den of lions, all right? I haven't heard of that as capital punishment in our world today, all right? But... Our trials can often feel like this. Let me share with you some trials you find in the Bible and tell me if they don't relate to the trials we face today. Here are some Babylon trials. Persecution, fear, stress, loneliness, peer pressure, death, betrayal, and go on and on. Don't be surprised that the trials of Babylon exist in Babylon. That's where we're at. But guys, here's the kicker. Look at what happens when Daniel has the courage to face it. To face the trial, to stick with the God in the face of all of it. Let me read the rest of the story. Daniel chapter 6, verse 19. 
Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you served so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lions then along with their wives and children, and the lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. You didn't read that in children's church, did you? Oof. Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Here's why I want to have courage, guys. King Darius says, peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. I want people to look at my God and say that. And I think a lot of that happens because Daniel had courage to show his faith and be a witness. In verse 28, Daniel prospered during the reign of King Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Here's what I want us to lean into as a ministry as we wrap up this series and we talk about having courage in Babylon, being fearless in Babylon. Number one. I want us to look at Daniel and see that Daniel has the courage because he knows his God can save. God can shut the mouths of lions. That's power. Courage means that we face the hard things knowing that God can save us from it. The hard things that are unfair. Guys, it is unfair that some of us in the room have real struggles with anxiety, depression. It is unfair that some of you in here are having suicidal thoughts. That's not fair. It's not fair that some of us were born into families with a lot of drama, a lot of brokenness, a lot of trauma. That's not fair. It's not fair that some of us are in here are really lonely right now. That we look around and we see people with their friends, but I don't feel like I have any. That's unfair. It's unfair that one time we watched porn and now I have to watch it all the time. That's not fair. The trials of Babylon are not fair. But I can tell you, you can have courage in the midst of it because our God can save you from it. He can save you from it. That's number one, why you can have courage in Babylon. Number two, and I look at Daniel. Daniel has the courage because he knows God can get the glory. Daniel's story showed the Persian world who God is and that he is worthy of praise. And guys, it takes courage to bring others to Jesus. I know that. It takes courage to be a witness, to share my story, and to share my faith. But guys, here's the truth. There are too many high school students in this town that don't know Jesus. There are too many to sit back and to be comfortable and to not have courage. More students in this town need to be here and experience Jesus as you have.
Because Jesus changes everything. There's a lot of similarities to the story in Jesus and his death and resurrection. If you guys think about Darius, he's a lot like Pontius Pilate. If you can think back to that story, Pontius Pilate was in this predicament. He was here with an innocent man standing before a people that wanted him killed. And all that Pontius Pilate was wanting to do was please the people. Don't upset them. So I'm going to sentence this man to death. Do you see the similarities here with King Darius? I just want to please the people. So I'm going to sentence this innocent man to death. And then I think about Daniel, and I think of the resemblance to Jesus. Here's an innocent man being sentenced to die. A similar story of rolling a stone over a tomb. An early morning run to the site to see what had happened. And a sign of God's rescue and power. We have the courage to live in Babylon, to witness, to address the hard things in life because of Jesus. Because Jesus promises that nothing you do can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. If you go up to your friend and you start sharing your story about Jesus and you completely embarrass yourself, guess what? Nothing separates you from the love of God. If you decide, I'm going to open up in small group and actually talk about the real things I'm struggling with instead of being so surface level all the time, guess what? Nothing's going to separate you from the love of God. If you choose to repent, to go to Jesus and say, I'm sorry, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Guys, as we talk about, let me talk about unfair, living in Babylon, that's unfair. It's unfair what Jesus went through for you and for me. And honestly, In human terms, it's very unfair that you and I get grace that we don't deserve. We have to have the courage to walk in that kind of grace. First of all, by letting that grace wash over you. Actually bringing the struggles and letting them out. Talking about them. Letting the grace wash over you. To work through the struggles and sin. Not just to sit idly by, but to actually start working through them. To have the courage to do that. And number two, by letting this courage fuel you. By letting this grace fuel you to go and to share. Guys, this grace of Jesus is too good not to try with your friends. It's too good. It's too life-changing. So as a response, as we wrap up this series, I want to invite you to a couple of things during our next song. The man's going to sing the song called Same God. And I'm going to invite you to a couple of things. If you're in here today, and it's time for you to step into the courage of what God can do through you, and if it's meeting you in your pain, and actually having the courage to talk about it, actually having the courage to seek help, there are going to be leaders in the back, up in the balcony and down here. And if it's time to actually talk about it, to seek help, to have the courage to work through those things. I'm going to invite you during this next song to go and to talk to someone. We have awesome small group leaders and staff that are going to be back there to pray with you, to talk with you. And I want to invite you to do that if you're feeling led to have the courage for that today. Number two, if it's the courage that you're feeling today to witness, I'm going to encourage you during this next song to think of those names. To think about what God might be calling you to do. And during this song, to ask God for help. The whole song is talking about how, God, I need you. We need him to help in our witness. 
high school students, it's time for this ministry not to be afraid. It's time to have courage, to have resolve, to pray, to trust, to have patience, and to live courageously. And we do that because of Jesus. Let me pray and we're going to respond. God, I pray for this time right now. That if there are things that our students have that they walked in here with, that they need to get off their chest, that they need prayer for, that they need to have the courage to ask for help, I pray they do that right now. And God, if there are students in here that are finally feeling the courage and the call to go and to be a witness and to invite their friends, I pray that, God, you would show them that during this next song and you'd give them the courage and the help to do that. And above all things, God, I thank you that we can live courageously in Babylon because, Jesus, you died for us. You gave us grace that was undeserving because that's how much you love us. And I pray that that grace washes over like a flood this week for these students. I pray a blessing on them and all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.